Welcome to the Faith Lakeside Podcast. Each week you'll hear another great message that will help you know God and make Him known in your life. Join us each Sunday at 1045 a.m. and throughout the week in small groups to make the most of your learning experiences. Now, sit back, relax with a great cup of coffee and a notebook and enjoy this week's message. You know, as the elders gather every Sunday morning and we talk about many things, everything from, uh, hey, there's trees down to, you know, serious issues. Uh, what's going on here with the people and so forth like that. And we always discuss among ourselves, any, is there anything burdening you, burdening you, really, that the Lord has put on your heart and it's relentless? And this is something, um, when it came to my turn, it was something that's been burdening me for a long time. And what that is, is I'm going to focus in on all three verses described in here, um, but I'm going to focus really on one. And that is, we should all know what's in the scriptures. Okay, this will only take six years. <laughs> no. Um, so I'm going to start with undeserved suffering. From First Peter three, thirteen through 15. Who then will harm you if you are devoted to what is good? Okay. But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear them or be intimidated. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time. To give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. And I'm going to focus on the last part of that. Everyone should be ready to give a defense. And what's that? Uh, A defense described as apologetics. Apologetics is an ancient word from the mid-18th century. And it doesn't mean apologize. What it means is uh, giving a defense, an answer for what you believe. And all of us should be able to give an answer to anyone who asks us. What's that all about? What's Christianity all about? Who is Jesus? Is Jesus God? And, and, and I could just go down through the list here of uh, different things we should be able to answer. Who is God? Who is God, right? What are his characteristics? What is his name? Where did he come from? How old is God? Revelation 1. I am the Alpha and Omega. Sometimes the answers aren't what we think they might be. Because God is infinite. And if we could answer everything about God, we would be God, right? Can we see him? John 6. Can we see God? Is Jesus God? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? These are some of the questions that we should be able to answer. 
Can we talk to him? Yes? See? Can we know his purpose? If we can't see him, is he invisible? Does God interact with his creation? Does God love us? John 3.16, right? And a multitude of scriptures after that. Can we love him? See, we love God because he first loved us. That's not something I come up with. That's scripture. Scripture interprets scripture. Only God can interpret his word. How does God love us? God loved us in this way. Right? John pens down in his epistles. In this way, what? That he died for sinners. How can we love God? Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. Right? Jesus says to his disciples, I've called you friends. For a servant does not know the master's will. I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And, and, and a lot of times people just end right there. But the rest of the verse says, if you obey my commands. That's how we can love God. And what, good, what does God require of us? Same thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Right? Yeah. So let's take apart this and look at each verse. Who then will harm you if you're devoted to what is good? The world doesn't have a problem with help, right? Different organizations come in. We see it all the time on the news. What's going on in Maui right now, right? Welcome help. But if you come in the name of Jesus, hmm, hmm, what about that? Those of you who have been on mission trips, you come in the name of Jesus, right? To offer help, right? Food, supplies, and so forth like that. Are you always welcomed in the name of Jesus? No. No. You can talk about God all day long. But as soon as you mention Jesus, it changes everything. Because Jesus was very specific when he said in John 14, I am the way and I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. But even if you should suffer... 
for doing good, you are blessed. And we can go to the Beatitudes, right? Jesus says, Blessed are you when people revile you, say all manner of evil against you, for righteousness sake, for his sake. You are indeed blessed when they insult you. From Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then the king will come and say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you in the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, When did we see you, Lord? Thirsty, hungry, or given you something to drink, something to eat? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer him, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So uh, think about that. The next time you do something kind in the name of Jesus. Speaking of doing good, we looked at one part of it. What's the other part of doing good? To know God and make him known, right? And how do we do that? Jesus said in Matthew 28, Go therefore into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I command you, There it is again, commanded you. And surely I am with you always. And sometimes we take that last part, and surely I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And we kind of gloss over that. But if, if you really think about the God, how do you know Jesus is God? Right? Part of the apologetics. We've got to know that. We've got to give an answer. Right? To those who ask, is Jesus God? Yes, Jesus is God. The angel came to, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, You will have a son. You will call him Jesus, for he will save his people from our sins. Okay? Many other scriptures like it. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. For nothing, everything that has been created was created by him. Skip down to 14. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Teaching them 
to obey everything I have commanded you. Everything I have commanded you. That's why it's important to study the scriptures and know what he means by everything I've commanded you. You know, it's interesting. After Jesus was crucified, he spent another 40 days instructing his disciples. Think about that for a minute. Really think about that. A person who died, resurrected, now he's instructing you. God is instruct. What, what an awesome experience to be personally instructed by the creator of all things. That just blows me away. It's wild. And, and the scripture says, in, he told him many things. Let's look at the second part of that. Is anyone, how should I put it? A time is coming when people will call evil good and good evil. That's just heartbreaking, isn't it? In Isaiah, he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who consider themselves wise and judge themselves clever. Isn't that what's going on in the world today? And really, it has been for a lot, very long time. You know, we're, we're, uh, in other words... It goes back to the book of Judges, really. Um, how does Judges start out? Israel had no king at this time, and people did what was right in their own eyes. Do we see that now? What happens when you take away accountability and leadership? Chaos. Right? We've seen that lately in different cities in the United States. You take away authority... What happens? Take away the rules, take away the laws, take away those put in authority. And here's something that, you know, I, I, Pastor Michael has gone over as well. It's uh, from Romans 1, starting in verse 18. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness, unrighteousness of people. By their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. A time is coming where people call evil good and good evil. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. How has God shown that? How has God revealed himself to us? Everyone should be able to give an answer for the hope that they have, right? What's the answer to that? How, does God, how has God revealed himself to us? We can look outside, right? How did all this begin? Where did it come from? Where is it going? Is it going to last? 
All these answers can be found in the scriptures. It says his invisible attributes, that his his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood by what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. That's pretty convicting. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. We don't necessarily have that today, right? Who who has an image in their house? You know, anybody that has, has idols in their houses? No? Hmm. Maybe their house itself is their idol. Maybe their cars, maybe their, maybe their jobs, maybe their children. Anything we put above God, right? We know that. My brother came in from uh, Indiana this week, and we, we had a discussion uh, about authority. And um, as we all know, um, have seen in the news, um, as I just spoke about, uh, authority isn't so much there anymore as it used to be. Um, corruption among our leaders. We see that more and more evident. And his thing was, and basically what he was saying is, I think the people should judge. And I read him from Romans where Apostle Paul talks about vengeance is God's. He has put leaders in charge. For there's no authority established other than the authority under God. God will call everyone into account, right? Sometimes we as human beings, we want that right now. Amen? We want that right now. But that's, we're not in God's timing, Right? How long did Noah preach before God brought the rain, the water? 120 years? We would have probably been a week, right? These people aren't listening. Bring it. Remember the story with with the, uh, the two disciples? And uh, they saw something. They saw some folks out there preaching. And they said, hey, Jesus, they're not with us. Shall we call fire down from heaven? And I laugh at that. And it's like, yeah. Consume them right now. It's not in God's timing. And thank God, because we all know people that still need to come to Christ. Amen. Thank God for that. The Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who persecute you because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let's camp out on that for a minute. That's hard, isn't it? 
Anybody think it's easy? When people persecute you? Right? Is persecution a real thing in this country? It's at the beginning stages. Because we compare it to other countries, right? Right now, it's words, it's maybe taking the court. Um, if you all remember, uh, Stephen uh, Massey had showed uh, persecution over in India where they came into the service, right, Stephen? They came into the service and disrupted it and started beating people with sticks, if, if I remember correctly. So, and, and we see that, we see it on the news, uh, the different persecution. And I can tell you this, that uh, where my wife teaches at Faith Christian, they're under attack as well, right? The enemy has come in and tried to pit, you know, one teacher against another, teacher against parents, children against parents, parents against children. And we see all that coming about. But Jesus says, blessed are you. When they insult you and persecute you and falsely say all manner of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. That's what we got to focus on. Our reward is great in heaven. For that's how they persecuted the prophets before you. Jesus says, if they hated me, they will hate you. And if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Understand if the world hates you, it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you of its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, The world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. The servant is not greater than the master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my words, they will keep yours as well. So it's pretty black and white, isn't it? That statement there. For I tell you in the dark... Speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops to know God and make him known. Don't fear those who, you know, this, this, this right here should send shivers up our spine. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather than fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Pretty black and white, isn't it? Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny, yet none of them falls to the ground without your father's consent? Jesus is encouraging us now. Okay? He also speaks about the hairs on our head, right? Jackie has more than I do. So that's a lot to count. You know, mine would be pretty easy. Right, Aaron? (laughs) But the point being is, God loves us this Intimately, After all, did he not create us? All mankind, all mankind, regardless of how much melatonin is in their skin, came from one man and one woman. God spoke 
and all creation came into existence. But he reached down and created man out of the dust of the earth. And the scripture says he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, which tells me he was pretty intimate and close with Adam. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet none of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. And we could go on about everything does not happen without the father's consent. Right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be omniscient over everything. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Pretty convicting scriptures. But we need to know this. How much does God love us? And I think everyone might know this. So let's all say it together. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish eternal life. And verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Another encouraging scripture. John 14. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And now I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will surely come again to take you to myself so that where you may, where I am, you may be also. One encouraging scripture after another. In my father's house, are met, oh, I just read that. Therefore, from Romans 8, 1 and 2, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So let's take a minute and go back to the scriptures. So we're not to fear or be intimidated. Hmm. Let's think back about the early disciples as they went out in that time frame. The master was crucified, rose again from the dead, gave them instructions said, I won't leave you or forsake you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to empower you. The Holy Spirit empowers us 
as well, to speak the truth. I know as I look out, some of you have gone through some trials pretty heavy in speaking the truth to friends, relatives, sisters, brothers, moms, dads. It's tough, isn't it? But think about how tough it was for those early disciples and our brothers and sisters around the world now. We're just in the early stages of persecution. It is tough for us in this country because we look at our history and we see that it was founded by believers, by Christians. You know, most of you know that our universities, many of our universities and colleges were started by pastors. Look where we are today. We, throughout history, have allowed and compromised. Right? Yeah. It's sad. But don't be intimidated. As Jesus says, I am with you always. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy. What does that mean? What does holy mean? Set apart, right? Holy, pure, undefiled. We think of things pure and undefiled. Uh, Water. Okay, many are uh, uh, the water we drink. And I, and I think about when I had a discussion with the DEP officer about how polluted our waters are and what we do to correct that and all the chlorine we dump in our water, right? Which is worse, the bacteria or the chlorine? Pure and undefiled. Right? That's why God, when God instituted the Passover, you were to take, a, right? We know the story of the lamb, firstborn, male, undefiled, unblemished. The best for God, right? The best of, of God. That's why Jesus had to come. He was the best, right? Couldn't have anything sinful, undefiled. devil's trying to mess with my phone here. There are many scriptures we can go to to look at regard Christ in your heart. Right? In 1 Samuel, the prophet Samuel is looking at Jesse's son's and uh, he goes down through the oldest to the youngest and each time it's nope not that one 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 
you have any more, Jesse? Yeah, there's one. God says, I will choose a man after my own heart. Right? We talk about, the Bible talks about the heart. What is that all about? The heart, it's what you are. It's what you think. It's your lifestyle. Right? We look at David. And, and that's why I like First and Second Samuel so much because I want to find out this guy who is God said. Samuel didn't say this about David. David didn't say it about himself. God said about Samuel, I will choose a man after my own heart. For God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outside. Right? Your heart. Where are you at? What you think. What you do. Your actions. Everything about you. That's where your heart is. Where your heart is, there where you'll be treasure be also. Where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. You can use those interchangeably, right? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the out of the heart, the mouth, or the the actions, the actions that we have. Out of your heart, where is your where is really your heart? Because you can put a facade on, right? We can put a facade on, and 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 you know we can act one way, but it's how we act when we're not in the public, right? That's where our heart is. God looks at our heart. We got to always keep that in mind. Where's our hope? What is our hope? And getting to the last part of it, how will we define our hope? You know how the world defines hope? As a feeling. I looked it up. And I didn't get past a feeling. I'm like, really? A feeling? Isn't our hope based on fact? Right? So... What do we hope in? Did you hope this morning your car started or it made it to church, didn't break down, you'd have to call somebody or, right? I hope this morning I'd remember some of the things I wrote down, right? What was my hope based on? God, prayer, God help me remember, right? Our hope. Our hope's based on fact, not a feeling. Hope is a gift from God. Amen? Hope isn't isn't up to us to muster from within. Hope is a gift deposited into us by the Holy Spirit. I know the plans that I have for you, God says to Jeremiah. Plans to prosper you, not to destroy you. Hope. Hope is found throughout all the scriptures. Hope it isn't a gamble. It isn't a feeling. The forgiveness and redemption we hope in has already been proven and recorded in the Bible. 
Hope is based on facts. Hope is based on eyewitnesses. You know, one of the examples I use to teach your children is I use this example. How do you know the things in the Bible are true? You ever have anybody come up to you and say that? How do you know that's true? Anybody want to give an answer? What's it based on? I just said it. I use this example for the children. Who was the first president in the United States? No one knows? Okay. Right. How do you know? Did you ever meet him? No. You ever see him? No. How do you know he was... Other people saw him. And they wrote it down. Right? We don't know. Right? Same thing going on here in the scriptures. How do you know Jesus was real? Right? People saw him. And they wrote it down. Right? Pretty simple, right? Bible has 40 different authors, 66 books, all collaborate Prophecies regarding Jesus. Over 300. What's the chances of those coming to fruition in one man? Astronomical. Over thousands of years, prophesying from the garden, the writings of Moses, and all the prophets. Right? And if you don't know where the prophecies are, you can ask Siri. She knows everything. Right? Right? You can Google it, but don't rely on that. Check it, cross reference it to your scriptures. Right? Always, as I tell the children, always do that. Don't rely on this thing to tell you, give you the answers. Always cross reference it to the Bible. What's the point? Everyone should be ready to give an answer for the hope. The hope. What is the hope? We just discussed some of it, right? In my father's house. I'm coming again. I'm with you always. I'll be back. I'll be back. Indeed. Indeed. He will be back. That's our hope, isn't it? When I ask the children, what's our hope? To go to heaven. Right? (laughs) Pretty simple. I love the children's answers for a lot of things. How do you know this is true? How do you know this Bible's true? How do you know the books are true? How do you know the prophets are true? You know what they answer me? What do you think? What? Because God said so. I love it. Right? Because God said so. But that's not enough for the intellectuals, right? That's not enough because they know better. Hmm, now the questions start. Okay, that's why you need to know the scriptures and to be able and ready to give a defense for the hope that you have, right? It's very crucial, and that's why I chose these, because persecution's coming, folks. We can see it. Satan's very subtle. He's got time. We don't know how much time. He doesn't know how much time. How do you know that, Don? 
Well, let's see. When Jesus came to one of the demons, they responded by saying, have you come to torture us before the appointed time? Number one, they knew there was torture involved. Number two, they knew it was an appointed time, but they didn't know by their response by saying, have you come before the appointed time? You, you see what I'm saying? So it's coming. The demons know it's coming. Okay. The scripture says, you believe in one God? That's great. Even the demons believe that. What he was saying is, do you put your trust in God? Do you put your hope in God? I do. Are you really going to put your hope in mankind and the government? I don't think so. Hope is foundational to faith. The clearest expression of this I know is in the Bible is in Hebrews. Now faith is the confidence in which we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Description of faith. Let me read it again. It is the confidence that we have. The hope that we have. The assurance about what we do not see. There's lots of things we can't see that we put our hope in, right? I can't see the inner workings of this. Do I put my hope in it? Kinda. I hope that it's going to show me what to read here. That's about it. What can we put our hope in that we can't see? Anyone seen God? Wait, 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 wait. Remember what I said in the beginning? There were many that saw Jesus and Jesus said, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen God, right? Yeah. There were people that saw God. But what about when Moses asked to see God and God said, no one has seen my face and lived? What about that? What if someone asked you that? How would you respond? Hmm? Tough. Anybody? That's a tough one, isn't it? Well, God became flesh. Right? So we could see. We can't actually see God the Father, as he said, no one has seen my face and lived. But our hope is that one day when we die, we will see God face to face. How do we know that? It's because it's in the scripture. Right? You will see him face to face. What an awesome experience that'll be. Some of the questions you can ponder. Who is God? What are his characteristics? What is his name? Where did he come from? 
How old is God? Are there any other gods? Can we see him? Can we talk to him? Can he talk to us? Does God interact with his creation? Does God love us? Yes, some of the things we talked about today, we can't answer. So we can give a reason for the hope that lies within us. We must be able to do that, folks. We must continue to study the scriptures. As as Pastor Mike was talked about in the recent past about vain philosophies, and that is also a tool used by the enemy to infiltrate. The enemy will infiltrate any way he can. He doesn't necessarily have a personal grievance with any of us, but he hates Jesus Christ. And since we belong to Jesus Christ, we're under attack as well. It would be easy to take out the enemy with a conventional weapon. We can't do that. The scripture says our fight is not against flesh and blood. Right? So how do we do that? We can come to church. We can sing songs. But when we get on our knees and pray and interact with the creator and bear our hearts to him, that's our weapon. How did Jesus confront the enemy? Every time he said, it is written. The word of God is so powerful that that's what Jesus used to combat the enemy. And we're to do the same. That's why it's important that everyone is able to give an answer for what they believe when confronted Let's close. Father, we just come before you. Humble with contrite hearts. Asking you for help. You tell us in your word that if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask you. And we are asking. We are asking for help. We're asking for strength. As we undergo this very mild persecution. We look to the scriptures for help, Lord. As the scripture says in Psalms, from whence cometh my help? I look to the hills, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let us search the scriptures in your words for help, for reassurance, for comfort that we might put on the full armor of God and then we we might wield the sword as you did, Lord Jesus. The power that comes from you. We have no power within ourselves but only comes from you. And let us remember what King David said. 
The battle is not ours. It's yours. Amen.